and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPOD. Follow us on Facebook. That's Facebook.com slash HEFPOD. And of course, you can always drop us an email. That is Frankfurt at gmail.com. So don't do this uh, podcast normally alone. Uh, we today have uh, Chris in Detroit joining us to talk all things Eintracht for the new Bundesliga season. And uh, also, yes, welcome to all, everyone listening live on the Discord channel. Chris, how are things in, in the nearly great white north? It is not white yet. That is great. We still got a, probably six weeks before that first snowfall, but it's about 70 and sunny. And this time of year, I'm not going to complain about that. Well, you can just complain about the uh, local sports scene, I guess. And uh, that's dead. Sorry about last night or the night beforehand as well for anyone who is a major league baseball and fan. Moving on. <laughs> and moving on from <laughs> Kansas City and uh, Detroit uh, related uh, sports teams. It's time to talk about Eintracht Frankfurt and their adventures in the day at Bay Pokal and. Uh, one match played, one match won. It's a good start to the season. Yes, I know uh, there are some of you who will say, well, we didn't exactly look too good in the second half of the second half. True. But the fact of what was the most positive thing to take away was the silver dos connection. And Eintracht's 2-1 victory or uh, TSV uh, 1860 mention. Uh, with this one at the Grunewald Stadion, granted, we don't have to think about uh, anything uh, Germany, any Depe Pokal related for a couple of weeks as the draw is not till the 18th of October. And then we don't play until right before uh, Christmas. But Chris, for me, it's a good enough start as can be had considering the circumstances of how we went on. We finished the Bundesliga season. Then we had to come back, play Basel, got beat and then went away again, considering all of those things and some of the transfers that have uh, happened for the Eintracht. I consider this a rather a fortuitous uh, moment for the season to start. Yeah, um, it it was good enough. And you never know what you're going to get coming out of the gate like that. But we put together a couple really solid goals. We found a combination that hopefully uh, keeps developing moving forward. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say the good without throwing in my negative spin. We lost a lot, too. Uh, Evan Indica is he's he's a big development on that back line. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, being without him for several weeks will really hurt us, I think. Well, I look at this uh, where we're at at the present time and with the kind of start that we have to our Bundesliga season where we play uh, newly promoted Bielefeld, we play a certain team called Hertha Berlin who lost spectacularly in the DFB Pokal. Probably the most, to be honest, the most entertaining match you could have asked for to kick off the Pokal in a 5-4 to loss to Eintracht Braunschweig. Um for me, I'm going to try and keep this on a positive spin because we've got uh, B 
Bielefeld, Hertha, then Hoffenheim. You have no idea what Hoffenheim will already. Uh, they should already have their um, Europa League matches underway for themselves in the group phase. Yes. And to be honest, us being out of Europe really is going to be of a benefit because, like, it, I'll take uh, Bayern Munich for uh, example. They play this coming Friday. Then they play on Sunday, and then they play on Thursday in the UEFA Super Cup, and then they play on Sunday in the Bundesliga, and then they play on Wednesday for the DFL Super Cup, and then they play on Sunday again for the Bundesliga. You know, Bayern, right from the word go, first, just using them, but that's the most extreme example. They basically are going to be playing uh, two matches per week into like almost through the month of October and Hoffenheim will have already started their European adventure. And to be honest, it couldn't come at a better time for the Eintracht because, Hey, you know what? We always are slow starters with Hutter system, but the fact that we're not going to be playing so many midweek matches, unless it is just straight up Bundesliga matches, I think that we'll be doing just fine. As for the, defensive worries as you kind of so eloquently put it i mean i guess if we had to push the emergency button we could always bring in simon fallet but i mean we've been trying to hawk him out for a while i'd like to give uh tuta uh a run out trying uh against bielefeld i think that him in the central defense getting at least his legs underneath Nathan, that will be good. Torre can obviously slot in Kamada and Abraham, despite the fact that, uh, excuse me, uh, not, uh, Abraham and Asebe uh, can always slot, you know, do the duty in the middle of uh, the defense. You also, uh, Hinteregger is still out. I mean, yes, uh, it does make us feel a little squeezed, but the thing is, if we don't. Um, if we don't adapt to a situation like this, uh, what, I mean, like what, what else can the squad do, but then, you know, try and bring through some of the other guys. I mean, yes, we'll probably see Il Sankar also in the defense that had some pluses and minuses as we saw, uh, during the, uh, during the restart, but you know, I think at least with the soft start that we have with uh, some teams that we can easily take points off of, I think that uh, is the best way for us to kind of get over our early defensive uh, uh, anxiousness. Oh, for sure. And, you know, part of part of the thing that I was looking at in that 1860 match is that if there is an area where we have depth and experience uh, to spare, it's that back line. And there were no meltdowns, no, well, no major meltdowns that, that would have really been detrimental at any point. Um, I felt like they did what they had to do in the first match of the year or of the new year. And what we got, I think it might be a little underwhelming as far as the final score line, but as far as what happened up front with Dost and Silva finding that magical combination, not once, but twice. Uh, I think we have a lot more potential uh, going forward up front than I think I would have said a week ago. So that's, that's a positive thing. Oh, you know, 
when you start talking about positives, that usually means we must be doing something right, to be honest. We're doing something really right if I'm being positive. <laughs> Inside joke for anyone who's been a regular listener to this podcast. Um, Chris, kind of steering away from uh, the day of April Cal match. Remember, look, it's a, against a Dritter League aside, we still have the Bundesliga, which is the big, big – if you want a good uh, look at what to expect from Eintracht versus Bielefeld, uh, take a look to our podcast stream for episode 136 that just – just dropped recently uh, where I had Eva Lottobola of the Zweite Liga podcast and Bielefeld fan. Uh, we kind of discussed what to expect from Bielefeld distinctly. But um, from Dawson Silva, I'm thinking one want to get back to that because I think that this will allow us, especially if Doss stays healthy, I think that this could be a, a nice one-two punch. You have two guys with a fair bit of experience, you know, and I mean, Dost, I assume, can speak Portuguese, so he could at least speak in a language that the defenders more than likely, unless they're Brazilian or Portuguese themselves, will not be able to understand. It's kind of like um, uh, in World Cup qualifying in South America, when Paraguay plays, now almost everyone on the continent uh, outside of Brazil speaks uh, Spanish as a first language. Now, in Paraguay, uh, they also the locals all speak as well the local language, which is Guarani. And so when they do play in these uh, international matches, they'll just speak exclusively in Guarani to throw off the opposition because otherwise they would know exactly what they're talking about. So I'm almost kind of hoping that I like where your mind is. <laughs> I'm almost kind of hoping that hoping that uh, the Portuguese airs uh, here will. I mean, Dost haven't been in Portugal for I think it was three seasons with uh, Sporting and Lisbon, and uh, yeah. I I think that it, these guys that these guys can really work well together, and you know I mean yeah it sucks that we lost Passancia, but you know we can talk about well, that in a second. Let's but look at it. This too. is very promising to me. Uh, you know the, the issue last season I don't necessarily think is that. They didn't attempt to work together, that there were issues with their chemistry. Silva was coming into a new situation da- with Dost up there in a new situation. And Too many matches, I'm always not enough time on the skeptical. training pitch. experiencing a new city and all those things off the pitch certainly affect your ability to focus and adapt to what's going on on the pitch. So maybe this is just part of that development, Silva being more comfortable as we saw the last half of the last season, certainly he came into his own there. And if he's developing that with the elder statesman Doss there, that's good for everybody. And look at me being positive again. <laughs> I think there's more <laughs> of that to come or that to come indeed. Um, shall we move on with uh, other positive uh, news and notes about the Eintracht? Yes, let's do okay, it. Okay. Eintracht Frauen, uh, two matches play, two wins. Great start. And just look at that folks, you know, uh, under the new Eintracht banner, the, the Frauen already have ratched up two victories in the Frauen Bundesliga. Uh, Laura Freigang is leading the Frauen Bundesliga with, uh, three goals so far, six points from six. 
uh, in case anyone is curious of how uh, of who exactly is doing anywhere near as good as that as the Eintracht defeated SKS Essen uh, three to one. Call it out there. Uh, Got to get take credit for when you're right every now and then. The only teams that are doing it as well is Bayern München, Wolfsburg. The two teams that have finished at the top two each of the last five seasons. The last time that anyone crashed that party was, uh, you guessed it, Eintracht Frankfurt when they were known as uh, Erste FFC Frankfurt. And uh, Leverkusen also trailing as well, but uh, the goal difference is uh, 10-6-6 for Bayern, Frankfurt, and Wolfsburg with Leverkusen uh, trailing in their way. Currently in the international break themselves, I'm very pleased with the way that uh, the Frauen have gotten started and I can't sing the praises enough of the Eintracht's uh, star striker uh, Laura Freigang um, for an American uh, kind of spin on this uh, spent two seasons uh, playing in the collegiate ranks at Penn State in the Big Ten before uh, moving back uh, to Germany where she then joined uh, Frankfurt and already has an international cap one can only assume that more is to follow but at 22 years old she is exceptionally uh, a tricky player who's able to cut in from the outside and you know is able to hold the ball rather well in addition to that and uh, hey you know guess what you know for their for her successes on the pitch, she got a call to the German national team for this international break. So I'm really excited with the Frauen so far. It's going to be good to follow. They had a big come from behind win in the opener, one big, and uh, keeping up at the top of the table early. Let's hope the men's side can do the same. Indeed, indeed. And we'll keep an eye on the uh, our coverage with the Eintracht Frauen because we were able to get uh, we were able to talk to one of the stars of the Eintracht uh, Frauen. Uh, just a little, just a little hint there. You know, a certain American currently on the books, uh, Brianne Haberlin, uh, that will be coming down uh, the pipeline in. A few short days. So uh, that all being said, le- and the matches done, played. Let's get to hashtag. What are we drinking, uh, Chris? What have you My got? Favorite. What have you got for us today? Uh, so I came home from work this afternoon, and waiting on the counter from my wonderful wife was an old fashioned mm. with my favorite Woodford Reserve <sighs> left over from the Kentucky Derby. So going high class today. oh wow uh that kind of puts me in my place uh <laughs> what you got <laughs> uh i it is marzen season and i have marzen from leinenkugel uh which is a, a german style brewery that is in the upper parts of wisconsin and i have always been very critical of their marzen in previous uh, previous years the last couple of years were kind of uh meh to duds and they must have changed something in the formula this year or you know maybe i just got the right batch but i two thumbs up for me for the line and kugel uh marzen for this year so that's what i am drinking that being said fantastic that being said uh that wraps up segment one we're gonna come back with uh some of the moves that have been happening with uh uh the eintracht the ESPN plans for the Bundesliga, our predictions on the Bundesliga, and uh, predictions for BL versus uh, Eintracht versus Bielefeld as we start our Bundesliga season. So stay with. Die Eintracht, die Eintracht, die Eintracht, die Eintracht, die Eintracht. 
welcome back to segment two. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. Eintracht taking on Bielefeld, as we mentioned. Eintracht also having one player uh, leave Eintracht. Uh, maybe it's temporarily, maybe it's permanent. Uh, I mean, that still uh, remains to be seen. But the Eintracht, as, uh, as of right now, said goodbye to Gonzalo Paciencia. And oh yeah, forgot Ante Rebic has been as formally signed with Milan. It took him. It took quite a few extra days after the Silva signing was announced for the Rebic signing to be made permanent. Aquana, uh, for me, a little bit of a head scratcher, but you know, uh, he's always going to be remembered for his three uh, Pokal Finale goals between the finals in 2017 and 2018. Is going to always have a soft spot in my heart. Yeah, always. Yeah. That's something that will never go away, no matter whoever comes up next or whoever comes and goes. Always one of the greatest moments in my fandom. Yeah, well, I mean, you also have a few NBA titles and a few Stanley Cups also to go with that, so I don't have it anywhere near as much. Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Paciencia in two seasons with the, uh, two seasons has played with the Eintracht. Um, well, shucks. Uh, he was able to get 10 goals last campaign uh, between the goals that he had in the Bundesliga and goals that he had in the Europa League. Um, it, now it's just a loan to Schalke. Schalke is absolutely uh, skint, absolutely broke. I think that whilst it does deplete our depth in attack, it will give him the chance to continue developing his career. And at 26, you kind of don't want to be sitting on the bench forever. And I think uh, yeah. for his personal development, the, this is the best possible move for him because he's going to get immediate playing time. He's going to immediately be in a starting 11 for a Shaka team that is just messed up. They're so broke right now. Having no fans, they've been they've been teetering on the edge for a while. Uh, no Europa League, no Champions League for the second year running. I mean, these guys are absolutely uh, broke. It's only a matter of time before uh, Omar Mascarell is begging to come back to the Eintracht, or you know, I mean, look, they're bringing in Vedat Abisevich, and that is considered one of their quote big signings. Uh, those guys are. Real, those guys are hurting, and if they, it is not the Shelka of old. Yeah, don't, this all. is this is worse than the shock of old. This is them uh, in chaos mode, but chaos mode where they have no money, which is worse. And I mean, <laughs> if they get relegated, <laughs> and we can talk about that in a second, um, it could be a very long time until they return. Just saying. Long, long time. Um, moving on uh, <laughs> with the show. Uh, ESPN has announced uh, more information on their coverage for the Bundesliga. So, season kicks off, of course, with the opener with the champions. They do their thing. They'll be shown on ESPN. Uh, there's going to be an ESPN special program kind of profiling all the teams of the Bundesliga in the lead up to that match as well as ESPN has now uh, got the rights from the Fox uh, 
an interesting time at Fox. Hey, we're able to see ourselves on TV quite a lot during that time. But ESPN has added uh, some really familiar uh, names. So Archie Rentot is going to be that kind of on-the-scene reporter. You're going to have Derek Ray as a lead commentator. Young uh, Ade Fjotov and Kay Murray are also going to be making up the additions for the Bundesliga coverage. Uh, ESPN currently has uh, a major preview show, show, and all the games are going to be shown on ESPN+. Plus. You know, in addition to obviously on the linear television channels of ESPN and ESPN Deportes. And for me, I think it's really a cooler item that they're going to be showing a lot of the old school stuff. So if anyone remembers from 76 to 88, there was a program on U.S. television called Soccer Made in Germany. That uh, library is going to, is being made available for those who subscribe to ESPN Plus, so part of the ESPN package, and they also have uh, an archive of classic uh, Bundesliga matches, and of course, there's going to be a lot of extra articles out there. Gabriel Marcotti now he covers all sorts of things European, so uh, pretty good read. Tom Hamilton, Stefan Usfeld uh, is on the seat in Germany, and we'll be able to give his a little bit. Of course, there's, they're going to be highlighting the Americans that are there, but this is really exciting for the Bundesliga and also exciting the fact that, you know, you have still uh, Sportsnet covering them in Canada. Uh, Sky Mexico is being part of uh, bringing the Bundesliga to Mexico and Central America. It's a really exciting time uh, to just be a fan of the Bundesliga in general. Oh, this is huge. I really think, I mean, in America at least, uh, when you think sports, ESPN is the first network that comes to mind. And the more I read into this, the article today from sportsbusiness.com, uh, this will be a win for the Bundesliga. ESPN has more people streaming than watching on cable right now. Uh, that's a big deal. And then the bundle package, I got a little hooligan. She loves her Disney Plus. I love my ESPN Plus. And, you know, there's packages available that are affordable and approachable for everybody. So this should help with viewership in the United States, I think. And spotlighting those American stars is only going to make it even better. Here's hoping that a certain American uh, under 19 player for the Eintracht will also be made, uh, signed to a professional for the full team professional contract and get his chance at the Bundesliga level. Cause I'd love to see some certain uh, Americans start making their way uh, through the youth Academy, you know, Timothy Chandler is a product Love of the youth it. Academy, but you know, he went away before coming back. So I'd like us to uh, get some youth c- coming through, but uh, that's look, this is a great opportunity for the Bundesliga that they had to take advantage of Fox. Really? They've been deteriorating a lot of late. Uh-huh. They mailed it in for the last 12 months. That too. Yeah. The very moment that e- they probably realized that ESPN has taken this over, suddenly you never saw any games that were on uh, the Fox network, Big Fox. Just so many opportunities that were missed. You know, if they could have just for programming sake, just shown games on all their platforms uh, when the Bundesliga was the only sports entity going and they didn't. So whatever, you know. <laughs> They missed out on a great opportunity, and I'm okay with them leaving Fox. Yeah, and we'll go somewhere that doesn't have Alexi Lawless, and we'll be great. Uh, you, <laughs> despite the fact that he is a Michigan native, you really like to dig in, uh, dig in that knife and twist the handle, don't you? I wouldn't mind trading him to Ohio. 
<sighs> well, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to call. See, I was positive long enough. Second half, not so much. Yeah. Uh, no comment on the uh, bit about Ohio. Uh, we've got a lot of quite a few on Trek fans who are in the just kind of the old Midwest, not the oh, current well, cool. Midwest. Yeah. They're cool. <laughs> anyway, anyone who doesn't know American <laughs> geography, uh, would probably, that probably went over your head, but that's perfectly Okay. So, um, where were we? <laughs> so we get deviated. Ah, yes. So Sorry, the, Bundes- yes, the Bundesliga, uh, predictions. So, uh, before we kind of get into what to expect from the match with Bielefeld, let's talk about the Bundesliga as a whole, because, uh, it's something that the Eintracht can solely, focus on well i mean obviously you got uh, you obviously have the pokal that you're involved in but i look at the way that the schedule is condensed because you get the world cup coming up in a uh just uh, in 2022 so the calendar's getting squished to try and get everything in uh, don't really want to be a planner just saying but you know having to get everything squeezed in from mid-September to mid to late May. I mean, I mentioned kind of the condensed schedule that Bayern Munich, who have a much bigger squad, are having to deal with. And even they are probably looking at that and thinking to themselves, can we just get a few more bodies in just for, you know, to try and keep some legs fresh? I mean, the teams who are involved in European competition are Bayern, Leipzig, you got uh, Gladbach and Dortmund that are involved in the Champions League. All four obviously moved to the uh, group phase as we no longer have to do qualification. Wolfsburg was playing in, was actually just playing in the Europa League just a little bit ago. Um, I'm literally checking. Yeah, they that went final. They're moving on in the Europa League. But yeah, we remember how early we got our season started last season. We were starting at like the beginning of July in our Europa League qualification campaign where we had, what was it, three rounds? I mean, right now they're just doing a one. Now it's yeah, condensed it, even further. Yeah, we're just it's, like one-off with mess. one-off games at least. But still, that is a lot of matches that they're playing. So Wolfsburg, you got a Leverkusen, you got Hoffenheim, who are all making up the ranks for the Europa League. I mean, it's kind of a... If there is a time to take advantage, it's right now. It's definitely now. I totally agree. It's definitely now uh, to take advantage of this. So I look at the Bundesliga table, and if I have to go out on a limb, I'm going to say that it's going to be Bayern Munich winning uh, the Bundesliga this season. I think that there's just not enough cutting edge from Borussia Dortmund, and maybe you might feel differently on this. I think that um, Borussia Dortmund, whilst they made uh, some good additions, I think the weakness that they have is actually at coaching because Lucien Favre is actually on his last season as coach of Borussia Dortmund. And, you know, when it does come down to performance in the Bundesliga, it really, I would have to say, Chris, is all down to uh, what experience is able to bring you. Now, they just... They just don't have enough uh, oomph for me. I think that with the condensed schedule, they're going to get worn out. And just due to the inconsistency of youth, they're not going to be able to uh, fight through in these matches away to Augsburg where Augsburg is able to take, you know, two points off of them. You know, they're not going to be able to scrape 
uh, out a really ugly, you know, win there. They're not going to be able to get through an Union Berlin, a Freiburg, a Hoffenheim, where, you know, they would drop points and you're just scratching your head and you're wondering, you have like three, four times as much talent on the pitch and yet you still can't get these results. That is what uh, makes a difference between a champion and a runner-up, in my uh, opinion, and I think it's uh, going to be Bayern. You're not Portland, wrong, but you, you've overlooked mm. one thing. You, you said Bayern, Dortmund, one, mm-hmm. two. But let, let me let me point out, too, Lewandowski's not getting any younger. And, I mean, I feel like I've said this three or four years Yeah, but this why keeps him in, in pretty good shape with his uh, eat cake first uh, strategy. That's true. Hey, whatever works, right? <laughs> but he had 34 goals last True. year, right? And the next closest, uh, where's the list here? Nabry had 12, Coutinho had eight. So I'm not saying, you know, Lewandowski's going to be bad because he won't be. He'll still lead Germany, but 34 is a lot. And with a condensed schedule, getting a little bit older, I'm sure, you know, they'll limit his time as much as they can. But. I think there's an opportunity with Dortmund. Their new little, uh, what's his name? Uh, Erling Holland out of Norway. Uh, scored 13 goals in 15 appearances last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, made the move to Dortmund. I think he will be a factor in a younger attack there that might have an opportunity to to provide that, that goal difference in the Augsburgs or the Freibergs that you know usually maybe swung against them just due to the fact that they didn't have the overwhelming talent that Bayern had. I don't know. And I'm just tired of Bayern being at the top of the table, to be honest. But (laughs) 538.com gave Dortmund a 7% chance. I'll... I'll go with that seven percent. I like the odds. Oh, there. I will say this much: the young Englishman that they signed, uh, Jude Bellingham. I mean, the kid looks pretty spry, though. You know, at seventeen, you know, he it might take him a second to kind of bed in. Might be a little early. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I look at him. <laughs> I look at the the overall team that is uh, Dortmund and. Uh, uh, Moiner, I think, is uh, the player that they had that they got from Paris Saint Germain. You know, he will be an, uh, a good filler for Hakimi, who returned on uh, after his loan spell to Real Madrid. Yeah, just couldn't hold on to him. But Dortmund is really, to me, the only team that has a chance of pushing Bayern all season. Look, Leipzig, they lost a few guys. It's called you know, without Timo Werner up there. It's going to be a couple of years. They're not going to fall that far, but they're not going to be competing for the top like they were the last couple. Yeah, they they have they can make the Champions League. They can do well in the Champions League, but there's there's no real excitement there, not at all, in my opinion. Uh, Wang He Chan is an interesting addition. Uh, Coming in from uh, the Salzburg uh, farm team, let's call it what it is. Minor yeah. leagues, yeah. But I, where they're going to come from, uh, I don't know. It's you take Werner out. There's a lot. That's a lot. Way too many, in my opinion. Way too many goals uh, being eliminated. See, I, I just criticized Bayern if if Lewandowski fell a little bit, but replacing goals at Bayern is a lot different than replacing goals. 
at a place like Leipzig. It's a whole different ball game trying to replace Timo Werner, and I don't think they have the resources for that. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I look um, when it does come to the Champions League, I think there is a team that is going to fall out the Champions League. Can you guess who it is though? Uh, out of the top four spots, who you got? I think that Gladbach's going to fall as low as seventh. I think that they still have they didn't lose anyone, but they only brought in one guy on loan like uh, uh oh gosh who i'm blanking on his name um hannes wolf not the you know not the one who played for the untracked outside of that signing that's a lot of, look gladback mailed in if anyone remembers they kind of mailed in the europa league campaign uh they could have qualified for the knockout phase but they didn't uh, from the Europa League group that had Roma and God, I'm forgetting who the heck, who the other one was. I remember that. Oh, I'm kind of blanking on it right now, but they ended up finishing in third in their Europa League group phase. And that allowed that cleared the way because they are already eliminated in the Pokal. That meant that when it came down to the spring, they could focus solely on their Bundesliga match that they had every single week. And despite the, well, I mean, despite the interruption due to the health pandemic, Gladbach was able to end up finishing comfortably in the Champions League places. I think this time, you know, you can't just mail it in for the Champions League in the group phase. You know, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of eyeballs across the world. And you can't just do that. And I think that they are really going to suffer from the excessive amount of scheduling. And I think what is going to happen is Gladbach's going to uh, fall down the roster just a little bit, but I'll say this for them. Uh, they'll do, I think that they might, they've got a chance to finish in second or third in their, wherever they, whoever's in their group, even if it is a quote group of death, I think that they could still finish second or third in their champions league group, which will mean that they'll, that during the Rook Runda, they will have X, um, an additional amount of European matches to contend with, which will mean that they have to do heavier squad rotation. And we don't even know right now if in the spring that it's going to be two-legged or one-legged uh, matches right now. So I think Gladbach is going to fall into the Europa League. What do you think on Gladbach? Yeah, I agree. The, no, I, I'm right there with you. I think that that they're in a situation where they have some good talent, but they don't have the depth with this real tight double schedule going on. I don't think they have the depth to carry success in both. And I mean, financially, you want to keep going in the Champions League. You want to make that run if you can be in the top two in your in your group. And I think that as it should be the priority for them and just maintaining maintaining their status in the Bundesliga will I have them a little higher than you. I think you said as low as eighth. I see them in that five, six area. But they're gonna be hovering they're gonna be in and around the with Frankfurt qualification success in Europe. Yeah. Your success in Europe has a, it can have a positive impact. It can also have the negative impact on the league side, which tends to be our downfall sometimes. Uh, we we put so much stock in Europe and we love those European nights in Frankfurt, but it sometimes comes at that risk on the other side of things when we're drained come the following weekend. So that might be an issue for them going forward. For our Eintracht faithful, I will say this most the Europa League for two seasons was a wonderful, a wonderful thing to have. But unless, but after the Europa League gets a little tiresome, 
and you want to have that Champions League. And with next season, this uh, UEFA Conf- Nations Conference thing, which seventh place is really looking like an ugly, ugly thing to be a part of. But, you know, that is just me. Uh, I We can talk about what the Nations Conference is at a later date, but looking at the Europa League teams, Wolfsburg, they really didn't add anyone. Really didn't add everyone had anyone at all and you know whilst they made the you know a decent run in the into the knockout uh phase of the europa league they didn't add anyone and i think we didn't kind of see anything really special from them you know they might be able to keep pace with the europa league people just because they got you know a decent enough squad because they got enough money uh, but you know the Europa League teams teams are in the Europa League right now uh, or at least for present time uh, <laughs> Wolfsburg's case you know you got Hoffenheim <laughs> you got Leverkusen it's the Plastische uh, trio the tri- well I mean, three of the four, at least, uh, the teams that people just don't like Leverkusen you know they sold a lot and they didn't really add all too much in my opinion, I gotta disagree with you again. Mm, I, don't, I don't look, look, look. This <laughs> they, that, they're th- my dark horse this year. Are you on drugs? And <laughs> actually, yeah, uh, no, it's this respiratory thing. But uh, no, they have a young guy coming in uh, uh, from Czechia, Patrick Schick. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I like him. I watched some video on him yesterday. Actually, he's a little unproven. But he looked good last year with Leipzig, uh, 10 goals and 22 appearances. He might break out if he does. I think they have a chance to move up, be a spoiler somewhere, maybe for a Champions League spot. But I like their outlook certainly better than Wolfsburg or Hoffenheim. Yeah. Well, to give people, in case anyone had an idea, uh, the kid basically went to Italy really young, uh, played in the city of Genoa at Sampdoria, then moved to Roma, was a kind of a flop in the eyes of the Romanistas, uh, the suckier side of the city. Just saying. Anyone who wants to pick a fight with me in regards to that, bring it on. But that's not that's not for a conversation on here. You're you're right. He did do well at Leipzig, but I think look, he is filling a void that the combined money uh, for Kai Havertz and Kevin Volland. Look, that is a crap ton of money. They didn't spend what more than a quarter of that on Schick, I think that they will just kind of fall a little bit back. I mean, if you're Leon Bailey and Karim Demirbay, you got to be thinking, really? We're got we're freaking molding around in the Europa League for another freaking well. They made it to the Europa League knockout phase uh, due to their performance in the Champions League. So, look, maybe they can pull out something in the Europa League. They're the best, of, the, of the three Europa League-based teams, they are the best set to have a good run. And remember, uh, until we made the semifinals, no team had made the semifinals since uh, Werder Bremen made the final. And that seems forever and a day ago. I mean... It's been a very long time since anyone's had success uh, from Germany in the knockout phase when it comes to the Europa League. Maybe they can do it. Hoffenheim, on the other hand, I look at them and I kind of just... They're the weakest of the three Europa League playing teams. 
Leverkusen being the strongest. And I think Leverkusen will finish, you know, in the Europe League places. Wolfsburg can't. Hoffenheim, I think, is going to have a huge drop off. Um, they got an, they're the only team coming in with a new coach, uh, uh, Sebastian Hunes. Uh, <laughs> in case you're wondering, <laughs> yes, um, uh, he's the nephew of Uli, uh, and he was recently coach of uh, Bayern Munich's uh, uh, reserve team that ended up winning the 2019-2020 Dritte Liga title. So, and he's been bouncing around. Uh, he was at Le- uh, Leipzig uh, for three and a half, four seasons in the youth ranks from 2014-2017. Then went to Bayern where he was the U19 coach and then bounced up to the reserve team coach. So, look, he's an up-and-comer. We'll see what is there, but he's not... Uh, I. I, I don't anticipate him to be a miracle worker. And I look at that squad and, you know, outside of Robert Skov, I really don't see anything interesting about this team. And I'm sorry, Gessinovich, I love you, but, you know, I think that they're going to find out that, you know what, it, the Europa League is just going to drain them. And I think that they're going to fall as far as 11th. Wow, that that's a little bit surprising. Eh, it's um, not that surprising. I'm not. I, I certainly not saying I can't see it, but that would be a pretty Indeed. big fall. But I, the overwhelming consensus here is there are so many unknowns between that number three and number nine spot, with all the the craziness it is 2020 and the the challenges of transfers right now and everyone trying to get the maximum talent for the least amount spent more so than ever there's so many question marks and right in the middle of that are the letters sge (laughs) that will end up somewhere (laughs) in that big window from like three to ten hopefully higher rather than lower i don't agree with that (laughs) um i just look (laughs) i'm gonna say it right now we're that we're gonna kick the crap out Beatlefeld. That's my preview for Beatlefeld. Uh, if you want more, uh, go to our podcast uh, with uh, Eva Lotobola uh, for kind of ex- expectations of Eintracht versus Beatlefeld. I think that our team, even that Beatlefeld is a team of continuity, and they're they're going to be really skittish. And look, they already lost to Essen, so that will deprive them of confidence. And that's why I think Eintracht will get off to a good start. I think that the soft uh, launch, despite the fact that you got Interregga and Dika uh, out with injury, that the Eintracht will get off to a fast start. And yes, I will say Eintracht Frankfurt for fourth in the Bundesliga. Was it last year that Hinteregger opened the season with a goal in the first minute? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, am I crazy or <laughs> no, did that, that happen? Okay, that's not going to happen against again. Hoffenheim. But <laughs> Season opener against Hoffenheim. Yes, yes. I I don't even think the, the beer was on the table yet and he had scored. It was, was amazing. Great. But no, we're, we're going to get out early. We're going to score some exactly. goals. Should we probably talk should we, before we kind of, you know, let's get to, let's finish off the rest of the Bundesliga table and just talk about the teams that are going to finish in the bottom three. Um Bielefeld, I think, uh, is a team that's going to surprise some people, despite the fact that they have, like, by a landslide, the smallest budget. We're talking Paderborn small. But still, even then, 
they're they've got like twenty five percent, thirty percent more of a uh, money on the table being spent than Paderborn. I think that the teams that are in the Bundesliga are that are going to suffer. Well, I think that uh, if Paciencia is out injured, Schalke is just dropping like a rock. I don't think that they are going to be able to get themselves out of the trouble that they are currently in. I do think Freiburg's also going to be battling it out and can finish no higher than the fourteenth. Schalke is kind of in that they can't finish higher than tenth. There's no way that they can finish uh, further than that. Anything beyond that is going to be a miracle your usual teams that everyone's throwing out there your Augsburg, your unions uh, your coons your mainz i mean your stuttgart as a newly promoted side is going to be thrown in there and as well i mean my bottom three is going to be as follows uh 16th you're going to have armenia bielefeld so that's going to be a little d- d- crazy because a team like them will be very susceptible to dropping down via a relegation playoff uh, just saying that uh, there's a difference between Bielefeld and Bremen when it comes to at least to on paper. And I'm pretty sure if uh, it had a Heidheim versus Bielefeld match over two legs would definitely have been Heidenheim uh, all the way. Um, other things I think are going to be dropped. Oh, well, um, I think bottom of the pack is going to be Mainz. I always got to throw them in there every year. 100%. 100%. Me, look, <laughs> Mainz th- is always thrilled to be able to survive every year. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, they are a team that loves to kind of develop players, you know, at a very low key level. But the thing is, um, the kind of players who were able to help them out last year, Bruma, Iwani, you know, those guys have left. They've not really brought in anyone. It's a little, there's, I mean, you could say, oh, well, there's continuity. No one's really, you know, uh, you know, you got a, a still a good, strong core. No, they don't. Uh, that only goes so far when everyone else is trying to improve. Exactly. And I know that this year is the least amount of money in terms of transfers and everything else that's being spent since 2012, nearly a full decade worth of distance. But that's just kind of the way that money is. Money is tight. Look, Cone, they'll never, they won't be safe until very, the very end of the season, but they'll be able to get through. I look at Augsburg, and I think that they will look at Thomas Strobel and Daniel Caligiuri as, haha, you know what? You thought he was washed up. No, he's got a little bit left in the tank. They will make moves. I think that your Augsburgs. Your cones, your Stuttgart's with an American at the helm uh, should be noted. I think that they will be keep themselves out of the. Uh, they'll be in the realms of the relegation dogfight, but they'll be able to see themselves through guns into the season. But yeah, my two teams to go down: Werder Bremen. Look, they're 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 nearly as broke as Schalke. And they haven't been able to hawk the one guy that they need to hawk. And that is Milot Ratchitska. Yes. And if he moves like right before the end of the transfer deadline, they've got nobody else. They've got nobody else. They have shed I, some I other players. I haven't looked into it too much, but he's got to be looking to go. He knows that this is a sinking ship. Uh, look, yes. the two guys who are going to keep them afloat are if they stick around, and that is Pavlenka, the keeper, and Ratchitska, they're really one great attacking player, because David Selke, like, 
he's not very he he's been proven that you know there's promise there but it's all been unfulfilled the eggestein twins have done nothing they were forced into buying oma toprak on a permanent deal due to them just surviving and leonardo betancourt he's kind of a numpty look he scored a few goals uh to end the season to get them to stay up but i mean they need to they need to shed some weight because these guys are really hurting for cash in the way that Schalke is. And there's been like no one, no one has come in. So I'm really, I think we're going to say adieu to Bremen. I think. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, I think Bremen will be in that 18 hole. Uh, I've got mines at 17 and then, there will be a battle at 16. I, I don't know who. Um, I don't want to say Stuttgart. I would like to see them stay up, but I just don't know if they're going to have the staying power. The thing is, I think that they got. Oh, let's look. Uh, give me just a few moments to talk about Stuttgart. So um, they had. I made a little mention that there is an American at the helm. So Belgrino, Matt. Matarazzo is an Italian American. He's been in Germany a very long time, but you know, he's a Jersey boy. I'll just throw it out there. And if anyone's just kind of like, well, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Look, this guy has gone up through the ranks and been in a lot of good spots. So went through the ranks at Nuremberg, uh, who are usually good at producing a lot of good youth players. There's a lot of uh, Nuremberg guys scattered here, there and everywhere. Uh, in terms of if you're starting to wonder, okay, well, just because you went through Nuremberg and then you went to Hoffenheim as a youth coach and then an assistant coach, well, what is that proof? Well, he was uh, working with Nagelsmann right there. And so Nagelsmann doesn't surround himself with a bunch of stooges. The guy also went to uh, an Ivy League school, so you know he's not a dummy <laughs> to get yet another thing, uh, reason why I think that he's going to be successful. Really, is there an American bias? A tiny bit, but you know what? Screw it. You know, uh, <laughs> no one's <laughs> taking my microphone. This is a pretty young team, and whilst they haven't made a lot of uh, like major sizes, they still have quite a few guys with a fair bit of Bundesliga experience. Uh, Gonzalo Castro and Daniel Davi are there. Uh, Mark Alvon Kempf. I mean, guys, guys with experience, experience of getting relegated as well. But the fact of the matter is, they have. Um, pretty wide variety of guys to go after and should they need to it is fairly rare for a club to come up with that amount of experience it is i also have to put it down to it's mercedes funded it so but they're but the thing is they also have a great academy of players who've come through and quite a few you know there's a lot of guys on their books who are coming from the academies and i'm really excited with uh, what they might uh, have going forward. Because look, they've they brought in a few guys. They've spent, you know, decently uh, bringing uh, Kobe from Hoffenheim, Anton from uh, Hanover, and Anton was is, was seen as you know one of those next real up and coming uh, 
defenders of like one of the few good players that was with Hanover, you know, go figure. Uh, Stenzel uh, from Freiburg has been, at, you know, another one of those guys who just, they go from like wherever, uh, I think it was at Dortmund, not given a chance and went to Freiburg and has been there, you know, on the constant kind of, you know, uh, starter there. And so I look at him and bring, when they brought him in for this Vitaliga, uh, time period and he succeeded really, really well with them, him being signed on a permanency that gives them, well, one continuity and, you know, already a fair bit of Bundesliga experience right there. And they got another center back, um, a Greek, uh, Greek youth international who is seen as, you know, that uh, the next leader, uh, the Greek national team, Mavropanos. Yeah. Uh, well done. <laughs> hey, it helps a little bit. It just, look, the one shame that I have to say about Stuttgart getting promoted is we're not going to be able to play the Mario Gomez uh, theme anymore as he announced his retirement at the end of the <laughs> season. But hey, he got them promoted. That's all that mattered. And uh, yeah, I'm really thinking that uh, that Stuttgart's going to really do good. And uh, here's hoping that they that I'm proved right because I hate it when I'm proven wrong. I do hope they stick around. Uh, I went to a match there. It's a great town. Really cool people Stadium's to hang out right with. right next to uh, the auto museum. It's a good, it's a good spot. It's a good atmosphere yeah, there. Big, loud stadium. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of things. Uh, let's get, uh, I think, Chris, we should get to our list of comments and what people want to talk about. I believe you have them all sitting in let's front of you. Let's, let's, get, let's get going. All right, where are my notes? All right, so Garrett, good buddy of mine here in Detroit, he wants to know how the impact of the condensed schedule uh, and our lack of Europe, uh, how that will play into our benefit. I know we've talked about it, uh, but as far as how that works tactically, now with uh, the injury to Indica, but having some of those age veterans there in the middle, how does the combination of the, uh, the condensed schedule and our not being a part of it so much, but yet now we have an injury to make up for, can this play to our benefit, especially early in the year? Because we have a weak, uh, weak lineup of teams with Cohn, who really are kind of up in the air with what to expect. Hoffenheim is going to be dealing with double duty. And so the, you know, for themselves, they pride themselves on being able to be that uh, team of up-and-comers. But the thing is, when you're stretched thin, they're going to be left wide open. So I took to be able to take advantage of that. And I don't know if Hertha Berlin, we didn't mention them in our kind of expectations for the Bundesliga. I think that that is a team that needs an entire season to gel under Labadia. And we've already seen that things aren't, you know, you know, all rosy over there. Granted, they have a lot of injury concerns. So uh, I think that the Eintracht will be able to get off to a fast start before we hit the international break. And then we'll be returning with uh, Cohn and then Bayern and then Bremen and Stuttgart before we have another break, before we have another big fish in Leipzig. So during that time, Eintracht's going to be playing one match per week and we're going to be running it up against the big fish who are the Europeans. You know, that's three of the European teams who are going to be doing double duty and you know what we don't really have to worry about properly doing double duty until 
you know, the day of Bay doesn't happen until after the Augsburg match, which is uh, match day 13, right before, you know, the guys take a little break for Christmas and then we're back after the new year. I think that, uh, one of the things that Adi Hutcher's system needs is to be able to press well. And when you have two matches per week, week after week after week, look, we're going to be able to do so much better. And when he had young boys at burn miss out on, I think they missed out on the Europa League. That's what was able to push them finally over the line and pip Basel to the Swiss Super League title, which... Since young boys of Bern have basically been participating in the Champions League every year by winning the Swiss League title, even after Hutter has left, so he played put a lot of things in place, and he just needed a little bit more time and a little bit more time on the pitch to train with his players. So that is what I think is going to be the real key point because we're going to be able to go uh, balls to the wall uh, in our playing style, which you can't do match. Uh, you know, every single match day when you're doing uh two per week. It's yeah. exhausting stuff. Um, the, the shape of, yeah, the, the shape of the back line is a question mm. mark. Uh, without Indica, do we, do we go back to the three in the back versus four? I think we have a little bit of time to play that out, especially uh, in our first match here. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked to see a couple different shapes as the match goes on. Honestly, especially if we can get one early, um, play things out a little bit. And I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of uh, Agnarachi off the bench either. Uh, show me show me what the young speedster can do. And what I really want to do is develop some depth when we have the chance. We hear there's depth that we're too deep at every position, but I want to see it because – uh, I don't know. I don't believe it yet because I haven't really seen, seen it. Is so if we could see yes. that in a few places, that would be nice. Indeed. And you know, I'd just like, you know, Barcock to finally be able to prove that, you know, his time at uh, Dusseldorf, you know, uh, he just had a bit of bad luck and get that kind of spark, that fire that we saw when uh, he made, was making his start with the Eintracht under uh, Nico Kovac. I'd like to see that kind of be rekindled. So, I'm a believer. I think he'll step up, and I think it'll be sooner rather than later. I really think we're going to see uh, an energy out of him. He's finally healthy. He just said a couple days ago he's 100% for the first time in a long time. So... This could be really encouraging. Indeed, indeed. Look at me being positive again. <laughs> it's a lot in one day. There's a lot in one day. It's early. It's early in the year. Don't worry. Uh, yes, the early part of the year where we think anything is possible. Well, there's like a title might be a little bit of a stretch because that's the amount of points you need these days just to win the title is absolutely just ridiculous. But anyways, what other what else do people want to know? What else do we have? Uh, I don't have any other notes on it. What do you uh, have? Well, uh, just one comment uh, from a Schalke fan asking if uh, our death is going to be uh, hindered by losing Paciencia. And I think no, and here's why. Um when he was uh, Ragnar was playing, uh, Ragnar Ache was playing in the Eredivisie at uh, Sparta Rotterdam. He was playing on a week in, week out basis and was able to play on a team that had a lot of 
transition a lot of stuff changed uh during his time there you know they went uh he started when he started breaking into the first team there in the air division but they were getting relegated and then he was key part you know one of the key parts and getting them promoted back up and then they you know had a pretty decent finish until you know coronavirus happened and the season was called off he you know nabbed himself a good couple goals and he's gonna be really hungry to uh to jump in, and I think uh, sitting behind Dost and Silva in the pecking order, I think it's not going to be too bad for his growth. He's going to be able to work with those guys on the training pitch on uh, more often, since we're going to be uh, playing in, playing fewer matches per week. And I think also uh, Daichi, Kam- uh, Daichi Kamada will be able to kind of blossom uh, this season. So I think that we kind of highlighted the Eintracht attack, I think is extremely promising. Not to mention an an experienced guy like Kostic feeding the ball in to a young Ragnar and and, uh, Silva up front. (laughs) There's so much potential with the speed up there. Yeah, I'd like to give us another winger just to, so it's not just just one side where we're kind of trying to get it all in because, you know, Danny DaCosta, uh, as long as he's fit and trim and Chandler, you know, those guys are really good, but I would want just... A, if we needed to make only one ad- more addition to the squad, I would say a winger is probably all that we can kind of hope for. And, you know, what, you know, do right by the guys who are, you know, in the midfield, your soul, your Ilsenka, your rule there. Uh, I think that those guys will be uh, able to have some fun, get it some chance for a Barcock. I do think of any, if there's any players going to be headed out, it's going to be Jetro Williams mostly because he's just being a real dick right now on social media. But I'm just kind of, kind of leave it at that. I've been trying to keep that under wraps, but uh, that's about all that I can. The Diva's very own yeah. Diva. So, uh, ways you can watch the Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, obviously, we talked about ESPN Plus showing uh, the Eintracht versus Armenia Bielefeld in the United States. But in the other parts of the uh, the world where the Eintracht's going to be watched in English language, it's going to be um, BN Sports Connect, uh, connecting KO Sports in Australia, Sportsnet Now, Sportsnet World Now are going to be showing it in Canada. I mentioned that Sky HD has been the newest, newly announced broadcaster in uh, Latin America. Uh, you also have, obviously, Austria and Germany, uh, Sky Sports Bundesliga are going to be showing the Eintracht there and yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great times and uh for watching the eintracht let's get to our prediction times i did predict in uh the podcast previewing eintracht versus bielefeld that the eintracht will be able to take care of bielefeld it's been a long time since bielefeld has lost they did not lose in the spring and it didn't take long for them to lose and losing to essen uh who's in the regional liga didn't take them long to lose to them despite the fact that they had a overwhelming advantage it's showing that they just weren't able to put the ball in the back of the net and so with a team that's going to be you know floundering in the attack is best we take it right to them and we've shown that we you know we've shown in patches where we get things going we look devastatingly accurate and i'm expecting a 2-0 win to the eintracht i'm i'm close by you there uh, i think we're going to score early we're going to score often I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one go the other way. It is early in the year. And if it happens to be that, that we drop a goal before we score one, I, 
I know I'll lose my mind, but I don't think everyone should. But I think we'll come out, uh, we'll play well, score early, score often. I think we're going to win 3 to one. Goals galore, goals galore. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, ways you can get in contact with the show. Chris, where can we reach you in the social media landscape? I'm on Twitter talking all things positive right now about Frankfurt and other subjects uh, on Twitter at C and the D three one three and also on discord. I love our discord. Exactly. Chat. You can find our discord link on our Facebook profile uh, and our Twitter profile. Uh, Twitter is at H E at pod, uh, facebook.com slash H E at pod for all the latest uh, episodes of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt and all the latest news covering the Eintracht in the English language can all be found in one spot. That is facebook.com slash H E F pod. You can follow me on Twitter at K C S G E. That wraps up our season preview in episode 135 uh 37 that's been great having chris back on and talking all things eintracht frankfurt so in the meantime juice juice hey,